Well, believe it or not, it is already Christmas time. And last Saturday, or last Sunday night, we had our student ministry Christmas party. And as you can see from that video, we had a lot of fun. We had a really, really good time. And we've got a lot of things going on around here for Christmas. Actually, next Sunday is our staff open house. Next Sunday at 5 o'clock. And that's where our staff hosts a big Christmas party for everybody. So everyone's invited to that. You don't need to bring anything with you except for an appetite. We take care of everything else. And then the following day, next Monday, is already Christmas Eve. Came really fast this year, in my opinion. We have three identical Christmas Eve services for you. Those are at 5, 7, and 9 p.m. Uh, we put a lot of work into planning these services. We know they're going to be beneficial for you, so we ask that you would take some time to plan that into your Christmas Eve plans with your friends and your family. And around here on Sunday mornings, we're in the middle of a sermon series about the Christmas story. It's called Down to Earth. And we're looking at the Christmas story in the book of Matthew, and we're looking at how God used down-to-earth ordinary people to bring about his big miraculous plan of salvation for the world. We've been going through this story, and today we're going to look at a character in the Christmas story who's dealing with a lot of emotional pain. You know, emotional pain is not something we usually think of when we think of the Christmas story. But I'm really excited to share this with you today because I've read the Christmas story plenty of times before, and I never noticed the emotional pain that this character was going through in the middle of the story. And because of that, I'm so excited to show this to you today. And I'm wondering if you could maybe relate to him. Have you ever gone through something in life that has just caused you a great deal of emotional pain? Something that you just struggled with? And no matter how much you begged God, and no matter how much you prayed, and no matter how much you did the right thing, it just seemed like you weren't getting answers. And no matter what you did, you were left lost, confused, and heartbroken. You know, when we're young, we have this plan and this vision for our life, right? We figure we're going to go here, we're going to do this, we're going to have this job, or our life's going to look like this. This is how my life is going to be, and this is how it's going to go. And then it doesn't really work out like that, does it? Sometimes along the line, something out of nowhere blindsides you, and the plan that you had for your life is now derailed. Or maybe it happens a little more subtly. You have this plan and this vision for your life, and you're going through life day by day, year by year, and the time flies, and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you go, how did I get here? This is my life. This isn't what I planned out for it to be. How did I end up here? And because of that, you can be left a little heartbroken, a little lost, a little confused, maybe a little disappointed in God or disappointed in life. And in the Christmas story, there's a character who's going through that type of emotional pain. You know, normally when we think of the Christmas story, we think of, oh, holy night, and the stars are brightly shining. It is the night that our dear Savior is born. But before that happened, before that night, there's a lot of turmoil and there's a lot of pain. Our character today is Joseph. You know Joseph. He's the stepdad to God, I guess we can call him. 
He's the earthly father for God. Uh, he's not, he's not, Jesus is not his flesh and blood, okay? but he's the one who's married or going to be married to Mary, and he's going to be in charge of helping raise Jesus on this earth. So he's got a big task. And, and at the time, if you remember, Mary and Joseph are both teenagers, right? They've got their whole lives ahead of them. They've got this plan and this vision for their life, and it doesn't go the way that they thought it was going to go. And I'm going to read the text for today. It's in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, starts in verse 18. And I want you to see if in this story, can you identify where his emotional pain is? Because the Bible doesn't necessarily address it and talk about it. It almost glosses over it. But if you look really closely, you can see the emotional pain that Joseph is going through. So you've got to kind of read between the lines here. So I want you to envision what's going on. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read out of the message version of the Bible. Starting in verse 18. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph. God's angel has to have like a dark voice, right? Like a really deep voice. I just, I feel like that's necessary. Or, or like a really sweet, gentle voice of like the angel, like on a cloud with a harp, and he's got this really, but I can't do that voice. So, so I'm going with the deep voice, okay? God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. Then Joseph woke up, and he did exactly what the angel commanded in the dream. Did you see the pain that Joseph was in in that story? Could you read between the lines there? Mary and Joseph are teenagers. Joseph's got his whole life ahead of him. He's pledged to be married to Mary, and he's got this vision of what his life is going to look like. He's going to get married to Mary. He's going to have kids. They're going to have this family. He's going to live his life. they got this whole life together. And then out of nowhere, bam, Mary's pregnant before they've even gotten married. And his whole life gets derailed. The vision that he had for his life is somehow lost. Now, the Bible doesn't really go into detail about how Joseph found out she was pregnant, but I can just imagine that that was a pretty awkward conversation. Okay, because what was going on at the time was Mary and Joseph hadn't seen each other for a while. Uh, Mary was off visiting some relatives, and some scholars believe it was as long as about three months that Mary was off visiting relatives, and that's when she discovered she was pregnant from the angel that visited her. Then they're going to come to meet each other. So all this excitement has been building up to see each other. It's been a really long time since they've communicated. 
and they go to meet each other, and you know, Mary's doing the slow run on the beach thing, and Joseph's running from the other way, and they got the music in the background, and it's like this perfect moment, you know? And then she's pregnant. And I don't know if, you know, she just came right out and, and said it right away, like, hey, I'm pregnant, and here's the story. Or if, uh, like, she waited a couple days because she was super nervous, or, or maybe she said nothing because she was really nervous, and, and he just kind of noticed she was pregnant, you know, like, visually could see she's gaining weight. And, like, that, okay, this is now just not the Bible. This is the imagination of Zach Crowley, okay? But... The Bible doesn't tell us about it, so we've got to kind of imagine what it would be like. And I can imagine Joseph, like, thinking to himself, man, Mary is really putting on the holiday weight this year. Or, or maybe, she's, maybe she's pregnant. No, she can't be pregnant. She wouldn't be pregnant. She couldn't be pregnant. She wouldn't do that to me, right? And then one day he gets up the courage to ask her. Like, and it's this awkward conversation where he's, like, trying not to step on eggshells. He's like, so, Mary, uh, hun, you by any chance, uh, you know, eat a lot when you're visiting your relatives? You guys have a lot of parties? Did you maybe not stick to your exercise routine that you were going to do? And she's like, no, I'm actually on the keto diet, and I'm exercising all the time. I should be losing weight. He's like, dang it. I knew it. I don't know how it went down, okay? But somehow he finds out she's pregnant. And he's not buying the story that she's selling. That some angel told her she's pregnant. And that the baby's God's. He ain't buying that. And Joseph's world is falling apart. He thought he was going to have this wonderful life with Mary. And they were going to have this family and have these kids. And here in his mind... Mary's cheated on him. That's what he thinks. And he's heartbroken. His world is crushed. And the text says that chagrined, that means he's really distressed, really embarrassed, really upset by it. That's the emotions that he's feeling. But I love what Joseph does here. Because you would think that Joseph would take out his phone and text his buddies and be all angry and vent about it or, or call his mom and tell her the story or, or get on social media and blast Mary as this terrible person, right? But instead, Joseph chagrined, upset, but noble. Joseph was such a God-honoring young man that he handles this situation with dignity and grace, and he decides that he's going to take care of this quietly, the text says. Meaning instead of trying to embarrass Mary and try to start rumors and stories about that she cheated on him or something, he decides that he's going to take care of things quietly so that he's not embarrassed, so she's not embarrassed, so that they can just go their separate ways. Upset as he is, he's going to be noble about it. Joseph goes to bed that night, and an angel of the Lord visits him and tells him that Mary's actually right, the story she's saying is the truth, and that it really is God's son, and you're going to be the dad, and, and it's this amazing thing. And Joseph wakes up, and I'm sure he's like super excited to get to it, because now he believes this story as well. Joseph goes to bed that night as the worst night of his life. And he wakes up to the best moment of his life. 
And in the middle of Joseph's emotional pain, he finds the purpose for his life. And what I learned from this story is that God's plan is greater than Joseph's pain. God's plan is greater than Joseph's pain. The plan that God has for his life and for the world is greater than the emotional pain that Joseph is temporarily going through. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about Joseph's pain. It's not, it doesn't mean that God's trying to belittle Joseph's pain or that he writes it off or he's not concerned about it. But God's plan is greater and stronger than the pain that Joseph is going through. And even in all of that pain, God is still at work bringing about his plan and his purpose for Joseph's life. Joseph just didn't see it at the moment until God let him in on what was going on. You know, there's uh, a, a term called designated driver. I'm sure you've heard of that before. Or DD for short. And the term means with a, when a group of people go out to drink alcohol, they have one person who's not going to drink. And that person is called the designated driver because they're not drinking any alcohol and they're going to drive everybody home that night so that everyone stays safe. That term is a term that almost everybody knows everywhere. And the reason that you know that term is because of one person. Her name is Candace, Candace Leitner. And in 1980, her daughter Carrie was a teenager. And she was walking from her house to church one day to a church carnival. And Carrie was struck by a car being operated by somebody under the influence of alcohol, and Carrie lost her life. And that moment of Candace's life, the mom, became the worst moment of her life. And she went through the greatest emotional pain that you could imagine. And because of that moment, after she got over her initial grief, Candace went on to create an organization called Mothers Against Drunk Driving, M-A-D-D. And that organization is the organization that created the term designated driver and first started to use it. And it's estimated that as of today, Des uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving has saved over 330,000 lives. And in the middle of her greatest emotional pain, she discovered the purpose for her life. Now, I don't make any promises for you today, but maybe, just maybe, that in your greatest emotional pain, you might discover the purpose for your life. That's what I learned from Joseph and from his story. He had his whole life ahead of him. He was excited about the way his life was going to go, and then he's derailed. He has to go on a detour because of something that happens. And he's extremely distressed and upset by it. But in the middle of all that, God was still at work because God's plan is greater than Joseph's pain. And the same is true for us. God's plan is greater than our pain. Regardless of what we go through or the things we don't see, 
God's plan is still greater than our pain. We all have this vision of what our life is supposed to look like and what it's going to look like over the next couple years and the next decade or two. And sometimes that gets derailed. Things happen to us. We make some poor choices. It doesn't go the way we thought it would. And we can be left pretty bitter, pretty angry, pretty upset, a little lost, a little heartbroken. But in the middle of all of that, God is still at work bringing about his plan for your life. In Romans 8.28, it says that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. You see, if you love God, then regardless of what happens in your life, good or bad, God will use that and cause it to work together for your good and for his plan. Because our God's plan is greater than our pain. And if you're going through something that's terrible, if you're going through something that's causing you pain, could I just encourage you today that perhaps today, when you go to sleep, you may go to sleep like Joseph did with the, greatest, the worst night of his life, and maybe you'll just wake up to the greatest morning of your life as you realize that God is at work in you and in your pain because his plan is greater than our pain. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for Joseph. Thank you for the story that we can learn from him. Thank you for his, um, thank you for his character and for the way he handled the situation that he was in that he didn't see coming. Thank you that he honored you, and perhaps that's why he was chosen in the first place, to be the father of Jesus. Lord, would you give us the character to be the same? Would you help us to handle each situation that comes our way in life with grace and with dignity and honoring you throughout the process? Because if we do, maybe that's the key to helping us um, have your plan come about in our lives. We thank you for your son, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I believe that is 100% true that God's plan is greater than our pain. Sometimes we find out how God's at work in our pain. Sometimes it's not as clear. But what we do know is in the end, we'll see it all very clearly. And today we want to finish up with a song that's all about the fulfillment of the story of Jesus' birth. It points to Jesus' resurrection. And ultimately, all our pain is resolved in resurrection, in the power over sin and death. And so today, during the song, if you'd like to come forward and let us know that you're ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ, we'd love for you to do that. Or maybe just where you are, you're praying to God, asking for Him to be at work in your pain. Maybe today, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, you are going to wake up and things are going to be different and God is going to paint a different picture of your pain. Or maybe he's going to resolve all of that in the very end when we're raised from the dead. Let's stand together and sing.